ability to take him with me different places. And I said to him, what I'm going to say to you, the men that are preaching at this meeting are not just good preachers and good men. They're the finest of the finest. Amen. Elder Godare that we heard last night pastoring a tremendous church in Durham, North Carolina. Brother Joyner doing a tremendous work, missionary work in Belize. And then now our good friend, Elder Crawford Kuhn, not a stranger to most of us here today. Uh, just a tremendous man of God and has blessed me many, many times already with his ministry. And I know that uh, today will be no exception. He's, I guess, semi-retired from pastoring, but he said he's been gone almost all week, all year long last year. And so retirement is not an appropriate word to use in this regard. But I am so glad that we are still blessed in Pentecost to have the benefit of the ministry and experience of these great men of God. Elder Kuhn's preaching and teaching is always so practical and just gets right down where the rubber meets the road. I'm looking forward to hearing it today. Elder Kuhn, if you'll come, did a great work for God in the great metropolis of Gina, Louisiana, built a beautiful church. We were privileged to be there a few months ago, the dedication of brand new temple, and just did a, a gorgeous, gorgeous job. We love this man, and I hope that we will keep our hearts open and receive the word of God today. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Alviar, and praise the Lord, everybody. I really don't know what to say today and uh, I'm really a happy guy and I'm most of the time full of ignorance and goofiness and, and all of that <clears throat> but you know my heart is really stirred today and uh, touched by the preaching of the word of the Lord thank God I don't ever get want to get to the place that it's not and uh, if everybody will forgive me today, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I have better manners than what I'm going to use. Uh, I know I should give a lot of thanks and I should mention a lot of people. Uh, would you forgive me for not doing that today? And uh, I'm not ungrateful. I'm not uh, anything but just... I, it's it's down in there, <clears throat> but I just feel like it's it's time for me just to talk to you out of the word of the Lord. Praise God. <clears throat> and so let me take you to the scripture today, <clears throat> and I'm going to read a little bit of a length of scripture. I'm going to read first of all in First um, Kings chapter 2, and then I'm going to read in Genesis chapter 49. <clears throat> first Kings chapter 2. There's a story I think all of us um, will sort of tap into, uh, maybe not the most preached about, but it's familiar enough until I think you'll understand it or remember the incidents. First uh, Kings 2 and 36, <clears throat> the king uh, in this verse is Solomon, 
And the Bible said the king sent and called for Shimei and said unto him, Build thee an house in Jerusalem and dwell there and go not forth thence anywhere. For it shall be that on the day thou goest out and passest over the brook Kidron, thou shalt know for certain that thou shalt surely die. Thy blood shall be upon thine own head. I want you to notice this. The king is telling them, you know for certain, the day you cross the brook Kidron, you will die. And Shimei said unto the king, <clears throat> the saying is good. As my lord the king hath said, so will thy servant do. And Shimei dwelled in Jerusalem many days. And it came to pass at the end of three years that two of the servants of Shimei ran away unto Achish, son of Maacah, king of Gath. And they told Shimei, saying, Behold, thy servants be in Gath. And Shimei arose and saddled an ass and went to Gath to Achish to seek his servants. And Shimei went and brought his servants from Gath. And it was told Solomon that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and was come again. And the king sent and called for Shimei, and said unto him, Did not I make thee to swear by the Lord, and protest unto thee, saying, Know for a certain, on the day thou goest out, and walkest abroad any whither, that thou shalt surely die. And thou saidest unto me, The word that I have heard is good. Why then hast thou not kept the oath of the Lord, and the commandment that I have charged thee with? The king said moreover to Shimei, Thou knowest all the wickedness which thine heart is private to, that thou didst to David my father. Therefore the Lord shall return thy wickedness upon thine own head. And King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. So the king commanded Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, which went out and fell upon him that he died. And the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. Somewhat of a vastly different subject or passage. In Genesis chapter 49, verses 5 through 7, Jacob is pronouncing, um, I guess the best words would be a prophecy over his 12 sons. And in verse 5, he comes to Simeon and Levi, our brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou unto their secret, unto their assembly mine honor. Be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man. In, in their self-will they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And everybody said amen, and you may be seated. <clears throat> I'm going to get comfortable and get out of this jacket. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I saw Brother Jorner when I walked up the aisle last night. I was late, and I apologize. Uh, Brother McClure and I had a funeral of a gentleman in Gina late yesterday afternoon. We didn't go home. We drove as fast as we could and got here. And uh, the rest is history. But uh, I walked up the aisle and I saw Brother 
Tim Jordan. I knew he was preaching. Uh, got here and saw Brother go down on the platform and got a chance simply to speak to them after church. Had no earthly human idea what that they might preach about, and I had sought God, and I felt a message on my heart, really felt some strong feeling about it, <clears throat> and uh, felt stronger about it last night after I listened to Brother Godare, felt absolutely positive, not that I changed anything, I just uh, just felt like, God, you got to know so much better than we know what we need, <clears throat> and um, so... Not knowing anything, and I so admired the messages. And not only do I admire the message, I admire the men. And the real fact is you can't separate a message from a man. And uh, the man gives credence to the message, and I say that respectfully. And um, so I, I deeply respect that. And uh, I listened, and I'm stirred, and I'm touched, and I'm moved by that. I don't know that I'm going to go home and keep Sister Coon up tonight very late and read any chapters to her. Uh, I probably need to. Really, she probably needs to read some chapters to me. Uh, <clears throat> but um, such admirable qualities in men. And to hear Brother Tim Joyner, what he has overcome to be the kind of man that he is today. And I know some of the history Brother Joiner's family. He's he's not exaggerating. In fact, he's he's kind of playing it down. Um, I admire things like that. Now, having said that, and and I said that so you would understand why that I'm talking to you like I'm talking to you today. Jacob is pronouncing a, a blessing, and and sometimes it seems a curse, and a prophecy over the sons that he has brought into this world. He's at the end of his life. <clears throat> He's finished his journey pretty much. And he calls the boys around and he begins to talk to them. <clears throat> and some of them are vastly disappointed. And he comes to Simeon and Levi's, going down the line for the boys. And starts out with Reuben, his firstborn, and uh, lets him know what his status is. And then he comes to Simeon and Levi. We're probably more familiar with Levi than we are with Simeon simply because of the Levitical priesthood. But I want you to notice as he spoke to them about their future. He said this. <clears throat> he said, in their self-willed, they dig down a wall. And I, I really don't have a topic today or a subject, <clears throat> but I'm just going to kind of center my remarks around that, that in their self-will, they digged down a wall. And uh, Brother Joyner just talked about digging a pit. And uh, if you dig one, you're going to fall in it. And if you break a hedge, a serpent is going to bite you. <clears throat> and my, how well he explained that. And then Jacob is saying here somewhat, of a strange statement to his boys that these two boys, in their self-will, they dig down a wall. And uh, <clears throat> it's quite, quite um, strange that he would make a remark like that because obviously you do not usually 
dig down a wall. Now, you may topple it. Uh, God brought down walls and all kinds of things. But you don't normally dig down a wall. And you may say, well, how, what, what has that got to do with men's meeting? What has that got to do even very much with Simeon and Levi? And uh, let me remind you that some years prior to this, and, and I'll not belabor the point, uh, a sister of Simeon and Levi's by the name of Dinah uh, was molested and um, she was abused by uh, Shechem or one of the Shechemites. <clears throat> and um, so obviously it was a gross uh, sin and misconduct and created a lot of consternation uh, with Jacob and with his boys. And uh, they had a meeting together with Hamar and, and Shechem and uh, discussed uh, this tragedy and this sin and this wickedness. Now, understand what I'm saying. This is not something that happens in the heat of a moment. Now, understand the molestation, no doubt, and the abuse and and whatever occurred was done in the heat of that moment. But now everybody is, is, is deliberating and everybody's talking. And we've got to come to some kind of a decision on this. <clears throat> and everybody hopefully by now has simply cooled off a little bit. And we've got to face reality and we've got to go on from here. And so they decide the thing to do is... Um, is, is let's get together and let's have a talk. And I want you to, I want you to notice this. Now, this is, this is deliberation. This is discussion. This is talking and making a decision. And so they make the decision and they talk with the men of Shechem. And um, a conclusion has come to. And long story short, um, the, the sons of Jacob said, I'll tell you what. If, if all of the men of, of, of this count, all of the Shechemites, all of the sons of Hamar, all of you men, if you'll be circumcised like we are, then uh, if you'll submit to this right and this rule, then you can uh, have our daughter and we'll, we'll intermarry and we'll have a relationship and we'll just sort of have a family deal here and Forgive and we'll get up and we'll go on. <clears throat> and that's, that's pretty much the conclusion. And so everybody agrees. Everybody's happy. Everybody's on the road to recovery. And um, you know the story. And I, I don't want to make it gross or <clears throat> sound uh, out of character today. But uh, after the men submitted to circumcision, the Bible says that in three days, when they were sore, they was not able to defend themselves. That Simeon and Levi, they strapped on their swords. They, and, and they walked into the camp of the Shechemites. They killed the man that had uh, violated their sister. They killed his daddy. They killed all of the family. They killed everybody that was connected with the Shechemites. <clears throat> and, um, and, and walked away. And said, now that's what you get, and I'm paraphrasing, that's what you get with fooling with our sister. We're not going to have that. 
Well, it seems like in, in, in the conclusion of it that the Bible just marches on and time marches on. And I imagine that there was a lot of guys that said, well, you know, I don't much blame them boys. <clears throat> they they kind of did what needed to be done to them guys. And, and, and you know the story. And um, so now the years have come and they have gone. And it's time to face the future. <clears throat> and of course, we, we could talk about Reuben, but that's not the subject today. And we could talk about others in this passage. But, but Jacob comes to Simeon and to Levi. And he says to these boys, he said, you are brethren. Now, when, when he said brethren in this, it was a far deeper connotation than that of just familial relationship and, and family and, and the same mother. You are brethren in, in this sin that you have committed and you have bound yourself together. That's the reason the Bible warns us to not be a companion of angry men and to join yourself with somebody that is, that is on the road to sin and wickedness. And I, I'm like Brother Joyner. I don't want to pick up your bitterness. If you're bitter at somebody, I don't want to get bitter because you're bitter. If you're fighting somebody, I don't want to fight because you're fighting. Amen. But these guys became brethren. Let me tell you, sir, we can become brethren in cruelty. We can become brethren in disobedience. We can become brethren in rebelling against the things of God. We can join ourselves together in the wrong sense. Dear God, help us today. Don't join in with anybody that's causing trouble for the church and trouble for the pastor and trouble for the work of God. You stand on your own two feet and say, I'm not going to be a companion of fools. I'm not going to be a companion of wicked men. I'm going to stand for what's right hallelujah hallelujah but but as you know the story Jacob said you're your brethren and um, instruments of cruelty are in your habitations now understand Jacob's been pretty much of a conniver himself and, and you understand all of that and uh, <coughs> he'd been a pretty slick old rascal himself in many respects but the thing was, Jacob had had an encounter with God. And, and really, this is not the old Jacob speaking in, in Genesis chapter 49. This is, this is Israel that is really speaking. This is a man that's a prince with God. This is a man that his, his physical body has been touched by that encounter with God. And, and he stands there today, or lies there actually, and looks at those boys, and, and he, he is crying from the inside. Now listen at this story, and he says, Oh, my soul, don't come into their secret or into their assembly. And he says, Don't let my honor be united with them in their anger. What he is saying is, he said, oh God, don't let my spirit be like the spirit of my boys. Don't let my honor be diminished like the honor of these boys. I don't want to come into their, into their camp because in their anger they slew a man and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Let me tell you, sir, the reason that Jacob said that, he was, he was addressing these guys 
And he said, listen, you fellows made a covenant and you said you would do something. There was a barrier there. There was a line that you said you would not cross. But I'm going to tell you, since it happened, you've been thinking in your mind. You've been conniving. You've been doing stuff. And you've been digging at the wall. You've been digging at the barrier. You've been gradually crumbling it down until you destroyed the wall of integrity and the wall of honesty and the wall of honor. And now you have become murderers and you become despised men and you've caused a stink in Israel. Oh God save us uh, that we are not digging down the walls uh, that surround us today uh, and that protect us from the things that, that we need to be protected from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but, but he's telling them you, uh, you just kept digging away at it and you just kept digging away at it and you just kept talking about it. And you just kept talking about it. <clears throat> and, um, and, and, and I don't know who was the worst. But uh, Simeon, I'll tell you what I think. And, and Levi said, yeah, I know what I think. And I'll tell you what ought to be done to them rascals. And I know what ought to be done to them rascals. And, and they kept feeding each other's bitterness. And they kept feeding each other's anger. And they kept fe feeding each other's hurt. And their disappointment. <clears throat> and, and, and they just kept, just kept digging away. And just kept digging away. And just kept digging away. Uh, is anybody listening to me today? Is anybody digging at the wall that, that surrounds you? The wall of honor. The wall of integrity. The wall of your ministry. The wall of your relationship with your wife. Is there something that's just digging away? And after a while, the wall crumbles. And finally, Simeon and Levi says, Bless God, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's just strap on our swords and go over and take their heads off. And finally, the, the resistance falls. Finally, the conscience is seared. Finally, their honor is, is diminished to such a place that they don't care. And, and, and they, can, they can violate everything that they have committed their word to. I'm going to tell you, sir. I'm going to tell every man, every preacher, every one of us, including myself. Hey, as Brother Jorner said, we better stay away from the hedge. We better stay away from the wall. We better stay away from the righteousness of God and the standards of God and the standards of the church. And say, I'm not going to tear down a wall. I'm going to build up some walls in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> oh, God. Will anybody agree with me that we're living in a day of people digging down walls? Digging down walls. <clears throat> Tearing them down. Jacob said to them, Cursed is your anger. For it was fierce. And your wrath, for it was cruel. Oh, God. All of us have had it and all of us are going to have it. Somebody trying to feed our bitterness. And feed our anger and feed our spirit. I, I've mentioned it a few times. I remember a guy was, <coughs> it, it, it was not in the church. had nothing to do with the church. Uh, it was a center guy. And uh, he was giving me a little static about something and I didn't want any static and and uh, somebody in the church found out about it and they come to me and they said brother Coon I'm going to tell you something <clears throat> I'll tell you what I would do to that guy if I was you and I stopped him and I said hold it hold it hold it hold it hold it right there and he looked at me kind of funny 
And I said, don't say a word. I said, the devil has already furnished me more stuff to do to him than I can do. And what I'm trying to do is get the victory over what I want to do right now. So don't you give me any more ideas. Amen. <clears throat> but there's always somebody got an idea of what you ought to do to your neighbor and what you ought to do to this preacher and what you ought to do to that brother. I'm telling you, I don't need any of your ideas. I've got a mean devil and I've got a mean flesh that can provide me plenty meanness. What I need is a touch of the Holy Ghost. I need to build up the hedge. I don't need to be digging down the wall. I don't need to be destroying what I stand for and what I believe and what I've been taught. I don't need anything to destroy that. I need something to build it up today. Hallelujah. I need somebody to encourage me. Somebody to say, go on, let's go on, Brother Coon. Let's live for God. Let's preach it again. Let's live it some more. Praise God. It's not time to stop. It's not time to tear it down. It's time to build up one another in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help us today. <clears throat> help us today. You can be seated. And, and Jacob said, <clears throat> and brother, he was speaking under the anointing of God. And he said to Simeon and Levi, he said, I'm going to divide them in Jacob. And I'm going to scatter them in Israel. It's the first time these two particular terms was ever used together. I'm going to divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to divide these boys and scatter them across Jacob's heritage and, and his inheritance and across the land of Israel and, and across the landscape of this chosen country and this chosen people of God. And, and I always knew, <coughs> pardon me, and I always understood, and you do, that, that whenever they divided the land of Canaan, that the Levites were given Levitical cities. Levi had no tribal inheritance. They were scattered across the entire 12 tribes of Israel. And this is a Crawford Coon theology. The only reason that I think they got as much as they got was because Levi crossed over the line at Mount Sinai when, whenever Israel was worshiping the golden calf. Levi crossed over the line and stood with Moses and Joshua for what was right. And somehow God recognized that, and he made them priests in his kingdom. Amen. But otherwise, I don't, I'm not so sure that it would have come out as good as it come out. <clears throat> Amen. And, and I want to say this, that God has a way in his mercy of reversing your past mistakes and your past idiocy and, and, and forgive you and, and give you a chance to start all over again. Thank God for forgiveness today. Hallelujah. Thank God this is a church of new beginnings. Praise God. <clears throat> hallelujah, hallelujah. And uh, I hope you understand what I'm saying in that today. Now, <clears throat> I never realized, and, and I always, and, and I, through the years, and it's not very spiritual, but I'm not very spiritual anyway, um, I've used maps <clears throat> sometimes in uh, maybe a teaching session and, and point out this spot and this spot and this happens and that happens and kind of give people a little better understanding of the scripture. And, and I've always looked at the tribal inheritance of Simeon down to the south of Judah 
But what I, what I didn't realize until God was dealing with me with this sermon is that, that whenever you really study the long-range history of Simeon, Simeon was given a weak area as far as cities. And, and, and you, by the time you get over to the book of Judges, the Bible says in, in, in all reality and, 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 and exposes this very clearly that Simeon was actually scattered among the tribe of Judah. Actually, they were swallowed up by a brother that was more righteous and godly than they were simply because God said, I'm going to scatter you in Israel. I'm, I'm going to diminish you. And you look at the census of the tribes and the census of Simeon gets smaller and smaller and smaller and they get weaker and weaker and weaker. What contributes to that? It contribute, it, the contributing factor is that they dug down a wall in their self-will. They, they, they had a stubbornness about them and they had a determination about them that we're going to do what we want to do. We're going to run this church like we want to run it. We are going to dominate this situation like we want to dominate this situation. I've come to preach to every man in this building today and I'm a man's man. But I want to tell you, sir, there's got to be a submission to our word and to the word of God and to dignity and to honor and to integrity. God save us from the spirit that's in this generation and in this world today. Don't dig down the wall that you have built that preserves you and, and saves you from this generation and from your sin. Hallelujah. <clears throat> hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God save us and help us <clears throat> in a very, very special way. And and I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of jumping around here a little bit today, and uh, but I'm gonna jump around and, and you, you kind of catch on here and there. <clears throat> but you know a lot of things happened around walls, and and one of the things one of the most significant things <clears throat> in the scripture, and and I'm gonna use this in a spiritual sense, and they use it in a natural sense. There was there was somewhat. I guess you could say a proverb. <clears throat> there was somewhat of a common saying that was in Israel. <clears throat> and, and it come about in a, in a very unusual way. And it, and, it, and it raised a lot of red flags across the land. And, and uh, I won't go into all the story. But Abimelech <clears throat> in the scripture was fighting a battle one day. And... Uh, and so, as he was pressing this battle, there was a bunch of women and children that was, that was there. And they escaped into a tower. They run up in a tower to save their lives. <clears throat> and Abimelech was, was in the heat of the battle. And he was so fierce. And he was so intent. And he, he forgot the dangers. And the Bible said that he went under the wall of that tower and a woman dropped a millstone on his head. You remember the story? <clears throat> and, and he turned to a guy and he said, thrust me through with your sword. He said, don't ever let it be said that a woman killed me. <laughs> kind of scares me myself <clears throat> there's a lot of ways I want to die brother or don't want to die 
But one of them is, I don't want no woman to kill me. Spiritually nor physically. Hallelujah. And read the book of Proverbs. She has brought down many strong men. She has wounded many. Am I right or wrong? Okay, but Abimelech just simply got hit on the head with a rock. There's other, other ways to get killed. I'm talking about spiritually, but he, he really did. He got, and, and so, so it, it, you know, really everybody made Abimelech, fun of Abimelech, all the rest of the scripture. Study the Bible. And, and he, was, he was made fun of. You remember Abimelech, that idiot, run up there and let a woman kill him. Now, they did kill him with the sword, but, you know, he never got over that getting hit on the head by that rock either by that woman. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> and so, uh, <clears throat> so it, it, it become a thing, and, um, it, and, and this was a question. And, uh, and, and Joab, when he was carrying out David's dirty deed, uh, to get rid of Bathsheba's husband. Um, and Joab sent a man back to tell David that, uh, that they'd taken care of him. Uh, he told that guy, he said, now if David gets mad about what we did and he raises this deal and he says, why'd you go near the wall? You know, because that was a given. Stay away from the wall. Are you going to get killed? A woman's liable to drop a rock on your head. So it don't matter how fierce the battle is. It don't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter how much you're losing. Stay away from the wall. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I don't care what your church is doing. Stay away from the wall of the new birth and standards. And say, if we'll take this down, some more people can get in. Stay away from the wall. If you break a hedge, a serpent's going to bite you. Go ahead and dig your pits. Go ahead and try to destroy your neighbor. Go ahead and try to destroy another preacher. You're going to fall in the hole you're digging for him. I'm serious. Oh, God. Help us, help us, help us. And, and so the statement was, stay away from the wall. And uh, why don't you go the near the wall? And everybody's questioning the sensibility, the integrity, the, the, the knowledge of anybody that would get so close to the wall and, and fool with a hedge that kept the serpents out and kept the dangers out. Who is, who is fool enough, and pardon the bluntness, to, to tamper with that wall? Who is, who's fool enough to just, if, if you want to use a teaspoon and you're just digging around your integrity and you're digging around your morals and oh, it's, it's not much and, 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 and we're not giving much here and we're not giving much there. After a while, the wall's going to fall on you, sir. And it's going to fall on me. And in your self-will, <clears throat> they, they didn't do this, they didn't do this just, uh, just all of a sudden. It, it was not like 
the moment that they heard about Dinah, that they strapped on their swords. No, it was, it was deliberate. Their will began to rise to the front. And all of us have got that inside of us somewhere, that we've got to test the border, and we've got to test the limits, and, and we've got to see if we can get by and not get caught, and if we can play the game, and we can go the distance, uh, and we're going to escape. I'm telling you, sir, it's a dangerous thing to do. I'm pleading to this congregation today, hey, Let's step back from the wall. Let's step back from the, sh the hedge. And let's step back from what may be enticing us uh, and say, oh, God, I don't want to walk down that road. I don't want to live in that world of shadows and of darkness and of sin. <clears throat> and I, I must hurry. I read to you the story, or a little of the story of Shimei. <clears throat> I think all of us, Maybe can remember some things about Shimei. He was, a, <coughs> pardon me, he was a confidant, I guess you could say, of David, um, around the king's palace, and pretty, perhaps pretty noted. And uh, and I'll rush. Absalom rises against David. David flees from Jerusalem. And he's walking along the uh, lower reaches uh, of the Kidron Valley. <clears throat> and Shimei is up on the side of the hill, side of the mountain. David's walking along, and I'm sure his heart's broken, tears running down his face, without a question, no doubt. One of the loneliest, saddest days of his life. And, and he really was running to save his life. Probably never thought he would come back to Jerusalem. He was a dethroned, despised, dejected ruler. And it looked like what, that Absalom was the winner. And Shimei, his trusted confidants on the side of the hill, <clears throat> and here's what he's doing. Every few steps he picks up a rock, throws it down the hill. And, and tries to hit David with it. Walks alongside the hill while David's going down the valley, suffering, crying, weeping, broken. Throwing rocks at him. You ever been there before? Throwing rocks or being in the valley. I hope you was in the valley instead of throwing rocks. That's a better place to be. But Shimei was throwing rocks and cursing. Cursing. Can you imagine that? Oh, God. Help us to not catch a fella down and just see how many rocks we can throw at him. You know, I'm a country boy. We got electricity before you did, brother. Go there. I think you had to leave to catch a plane. I, was, I wasn't quite 12 years old when we got electricity. So we had, you know, I was a country boy, and we had chickens. And I'm, I'm honest. I'm telling you. And we had roosters and hens and little chickens and big chickens. And I saw a lot of big, tough roosters. Man, I'm talking about tough ones. And I've seen a lot of tough old hens that you didn't cross. But I've seen a lot of them die. Simply be, and it all started with one peck on the head. Now, can you, can you believe what I'm saying? Yes, a chicken pecked them. 
and it made a little. And I've watched it hundreds of times. Another old chicken would come by and just, and another one would come by, and pretty soon their old head swelled up. Next thing you know, you go out one morning, they lay it in the chicken yard dead, pecked to death. Amen. And 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 Simeon is is throwing rocks and cursing, and Abishai says. Just let me go up there and I'll take his head off. I'll show him what's what. And David said, no, leave him alone. Let him curse. Let him do what he wants to do. He said, God may do something good for me because he's being so bad. He said, just let him curse. And he said, his day will come to die. Just leave him alone. That's what you need to do to a lot of folks. Just, just leave them alone. Bless God. I'm going to tell you, if you are a pastor, the biggest thing you need, and I could preach on prayer, and I could preach on fasting, and I could preach on a lot of things, but one of the biggest things you need is a big ignorer. And I don't even know if that's a word, but I know what it is. And I know sometimes I didn't have one. And I needed one wherever it's at and whatever it looks like. <clears throat> Amen. God help me to ignore some things. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <clears throat> and so uh, the story all turns around and David is enthroned and Absalom is dead. And Shimei has got a life to live with having cursed the king and thrown rocks at him and said all the mean things he said. So, <clears throat> David's time comes to die. And he talks to Solomon. He said, Solomon, he said, I, and, and I'm paraphrasing, whatever, for whatever reason, I just don't have, uh, I'm old or something, I just don't have the wherewithal to kill Shimei. But he needs to die. That rascal, somebody needs to kill him. He's killing him. That's really what David was saying. He needs killing. <clears throat> and I want you to kill him. <laughs> and I read the scripture. That's exactly what he was telling Solomon. You go take care of that rascal. Amen. Well, Solomon comes to the throne. And uh, there was perhaps a big stroke of mercy and kindness that enveloped Solomon for the moment. And when he come to Shimei, now he killed Joab. But when he come to Shimei, <clears throat> Shimei begged for mercy. And Solomon did something that is beyond his father's expectations. And he said, Shimei, <clears throat> tell you what I'm going to do. Now this was a tense moment. He said, I'm going to let you live in Jerusalem. You can stay in, here in the city. You can stay where the temple's at. You can be right here close. You can have your family. But if you ever cross the Kidron Brook, you're going to die. Oh, that's the most precious words I've ever heard. Now, you know where the border's at now, Shimei? You know the, you know the rules? Oh, do I know the rules. I, I wouldn't do anything to violate them. You have my word. I will stay within the confines of the border. Well, long story short, everything goes along good for a while. 
<clears throat> and I don't know, but, but somehow I've got the feeling that the Brook Kidron got closer and closer and closer to Shimei's house in his thinking. And the range got narrower. And, and, and the restrictions set in. And, uh, and, and he got to feeling in bondage. This is a tight place. This is... Are you listening to me? There are those spirits that are out there. This is a tight place. <clears throat> this is too narrow. And you know... People have got brains like preachers have brains. You know, he, this guy, he didn't even graduate from college. And uh, I've got a Ph.D. And, uh, you know, really, really he's just a little narrow-minded. This, this is a tight place. And, and Shimmy, I got to feeling like, <clears throat> man, I just... I just don't have any liberty. And, and he watched everybody else. And everybody else is doing different things, but uh, I, I can't be over there, and I can't get over there, and I can't, I can't do that. And, uh, boy, this is, uh, uh, for a long while, this felt so good. But, boy, it looks like they're having a lot more blessings than I'm having. And a lot more good things is happening over there than happening over here where I'm at. And so one day a couple of servants ran away. And, and Shimei felt the restriction again. And he said, I just, you know, I've had a lot of mercy here. And I just, I, I just don't see that much is going to happen if I go just a little ways over yonder and I get those servants. But uh, again, long story short. Gets his servants and come back, and word gets to Solomon, and Solomon faces him and said, "Listen, I showed you mercy. You you know the oath. You know what you said. What about your word? <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah." And so he said to one of his servants, he said, "Take his life, simply because he could not stay within the border." He could not stay away from the wall. He couldn't leave the hedge alone. He had to just keep tinkering with it until he got it like he wanted and it fit the flesh and it fit human desire and it fit human ambition. Uh, and and, and I, I'm, an, I'm an old preacher today. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of preaching in, in my age group and Brother Godair and some of the rest of us it's, it's characterized as, as old men with foggy ideas and old men that can't keep up with the times and, and men that have not progressed with the progressiveness of Pentecost. And they have not advanced with the advancement of, of revival and the advancement of evangelism and the evangelism and growth and, 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 and all of the societal, political elements in this world. And so that's the deal. Now, not in self-defense, but in self 
explanation. I want to tell you, sir, I've been preaching since I was 16, and I'm 69. And uh, I married when I was 19, and my wife was 16, and she dressed at 16 exactly like she dresses today. Her sleeves were the same length. Her neckline was the same, and her hemline was the same, and she's always wore the same amount of jewelry that she wears tonight, and that's that's been a way it is. I'm telling you, it's not an old fogey religion. It's not a, a not a not a deal that hadn't kept up with the times, but it's in harmony with the scripture. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, we better get off of this old fogey religion preaching and we better get back to the basics of apostolic one God holiness preaching that we have always preached. Hallelujah. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <coughs> it sounds cruel. We've got too many border jumpers. <coughs> We've got too many men that are tearing down hedges. Praise God. You say, Brother Coon, <clears throat> and, I, and I, know, I know all the arguments, and I'm looking at my watch, and, and I, I just get absolutely hungry at 12 o'clock. And, uh, and it's not long till then, and so I cave in about the time you cave in. All right? Hallelujah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I've heard all the arguments, and I don't even know how to give you a good argument. I don't have a good argument. I'm just going to tell everybody in this building, you listen, do what you want to do. I'm going to Gina this evening <clears throat> by the help and the grace of God. And if I get home before dark, I'm going to go to Jim Boo's and eat catfish. Praise God. So I'm just worried sick about everything. You can tell that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but listen, and uh, listen, I don't know how to explain all of this, but it seems to me like that holiness comes in a package. And again, I don't know how to explain this. But if you can, if you can do it, I'd, I'd just like to make a tour. And you can, can you find me a church that's got just a little bit of cut hair? And can you find me a church that's got just a little bit of makeup? Now, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about it. I, don't, I, don't, I, can't, I can't really figure it all out. But there's something about... <clears throat> mustaches and beards and goatees that, that somehow calls for muscle shirt. And, uh, and muscle shirts calls for cutoffs. And cutoffs calls for uh, a chain or something about your wrist. I'm, I'm going to make it just as plain as I can, Brother Morgan. In fact, I'm worried about you, really, is what I'm worried about. <laughs> you know better than that. And three pressure. Are you a good guy, too? Yes, sir. I thought you was. Here's five good men on this. I'm just teasing. Amen. Praise God. Does everybody understand what I'm talking about? And a little cut hair calls for a little more cut hair on women. And I don't know why, I just can't figure this out, but a little cut hair calls for just a little light makeup. A little light makeup calls for a little shorter sleeves. And a little shorter sleeves calls for a little shorter hemlines. Now, don't all happen overnight. <clears throat> it don't all start in a day, but, you know, the Lord does want us to look good. 
he does give us a brain for something. And so we start digging at the wall. Not in the Holy Ghost, but in our will. In our desire, in our humanity. <clears throat> we've watched so much and we've listened to so much and we've seen so many backslid Pentecostals that are still Pentecostal and still talking in tongues until we think we can walk the same road. I'm telling you, sir, you better stay away from the wall. You better stay on this side of the Brook Kidron. Oh, it's safe over here. It's good where your pastor's preaching at today. You better say, I'm not going to dig at that. I'm not going to fight against that. I'm going to stand for what's right. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, oh God, oh God, save us. Hallelujah. 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 And I'm just about through. And I'm going to make myself real loved and liked in about the next five minutes. And that's what I'm really working at, you know. No, I'm just working to be honest with you. I don't have any agendas. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just, I'm as happy as a dead pig in sunshine. And I don't know how happy that is, but that's happy. Praise God. And uh, I've told our people for years, you come, if I die before the Lord comes and you walk by my casket, you just say, that was one happy coon there. Praise God. And I'm telling you, I'm a happy coon. I'm a happy coon. And I'm, I'm enjoying life. I'm so tickled. I, I, I just can't tell you how happy I am. Brother Dan McClure's here today. He's my pastor. He's pastoring a church in Gina. And he's, he has to worry about turning off the lights and stopping the commodes from running. And, and he's got to keep the sound system adjusted for all them people. And he's got to keep the temperature just right. And I'm just sitting up there grinning like I don't have a lick of scent. And just enjoying the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Saying, thank God I had enough sense to quit while I had some sense. Hallelujah. I didn't just... I didn't just stay till I was too crazy to quit. Praise God. And so I'm in just, just enjoying life and enjoying the blessings of God. And I've got a good pastor and I've got a good church and I'm so happy and I've got a friends and fellowship. And I may not have any more friends after today, but Brother McClure is going to be my pastor. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> I'm scared about all this technology that is coming down the road. Now, now we've always preached against television. That's, that's, that's a given. My, my, my. I'm going to tell you something. You don't even need to have the Holy Ghost. You don't even need a touch of the Holy Ghost to have enough common sense to know you don't need a television in your house. You just don't need much Holy Ghost for that. <coughs> Amen. Now, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something. All you men look at me now. All you preachers, and, and, and I'm, I'm just talking to men. I'm, I'm, I'm a man just like you are. Put on my pants one leg at a time. It's not going to help your marriage to stop at the video store and get you a triple X pornographic film to help your sex life. Now, now, now if, you don't, if you don't understand that, you need a commentary on that, we'll just have a sidewalk conference. I don't want to do it up here, okay? But I can tell you where you can understand it, bless God, if you didn't understand that. Amen. But I'm, I'm, just simply, I'm just simply telling you that I'm scared of us. Now, I don't care. <clears throat> it's easy to preach against stuff you don't like. Right. Amen. Right. 
Hallelujah. And it's easy to preach against stuff you're too poured on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And bless God, you could preach against rings till you fell out in the floor when I was a kid. It didn't make no difference. We couldn't afford one anyway. So it's easy to preach against stuff you don't have. I'm going to tell you when, it, when the test comes is when you got money in the bank. And you got a better job and you're doing good. That's when the test is going to come. Whether or not mama needs a 10,000 ring to let everybody know she's married to you. That's when the test is going to come. It's not when you're too poor to own it that it's going to come. It's going to come when you got the chance. And you can do it. And you can violate. And you can make the step. That's when it's going to come. Consecration comes when you could do the other but you decide to do what's right. That's consecration. That's dedication to God. That's holiness. Praise God. It's when you decide I'm going to do what's right. Hallelujah. <coughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but I'm scared of all of this stuff. That's, and, and you, all of you are grown. You're just grown as I am. But, and, and you just blame it on my age. I'm blaming everything on my age right now. I really am. Everything. My wife says, Crawford, I don't understand what you're doing. I said, it's my age, Gail. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, if Brother McClure's got church dismissed and I want to go to McDonald's and drink coffee, I just leave. I don't shake nobody's hand. I ain't mad at nobody. I just want coffee. I wanted it when I was pastoring, but I couldn't get there then. I had to stay and shake everybody's hand. So, so I just leave and go to McDonald's. Sister Coon says, I don't know about you, Crawford. I said, it's my age. <laughs> I'm just enjoying being old so much. I don't, I, if I didn't use this much fun, I'd have been born old. <laughs> Praise God. Just enjoying the daylights out of it. So blame it on my age. That's what I do, and I don't care. But I'm, I'm just telling you, <clears throat> I don't know how, but the deal is I ain't going to learn how. I ain't sending nobody here a text message. Now, you send all of them you want to. I don't give a rip. And I don't. But you ain't very smart just sitting around. Happy New Year, God's blessings on you. <laughs> Send 10,000 at once. That's a way to do it. Personal, sweet love. I just. I'm sorry. I'm probably offending everybody here. But I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm going to Gina when this deal's over, and I'm going to Jim Boo's and eat catfish after that. And, and don't send me no text message either. Hallelujah. Now, you can send it if you want to, but you ain't going to get none back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. I'm, I'm telling you, I ain't running from nothing, for nothing, but I ain't running from nothing either. I'm sick of sitting up in church and everybody doing this. Well, preach it, brother. And we got it out. That's it. Amen. 
and you just look down the seat and you wonder what this deal's about. Come on, are we going to lose our dignity and our respect just because Apple furnished you something that'll entertain your mind while I'm trying to preach? Do we have time to go to church anymore? Do we have time to have preaching anymore? Do we have time to have prayer meeting anymore? Hallelujah. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you. You're digging at the wall somewhere. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, and, and you, you say, well, that's that old ignorant preacher, and the musicians can come. I'm going to tell you, this wall's going to fall on your kids one of these days. And you're going to wonder. And, 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 and the world is talking about this. All the texting, all the sexting, all the ability to send pictures of private parts of their body to their boyfriend and as many guys and girls as they want to, that wall's going to fall in some of these days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm just preaching a little bit today. And again, I'm not seeking to be popular, but I'm not seeking to be abrasive either. I'm just telling you that, 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 that in self-will, we can dig down some walls that after a while will bring destruction. There's some borders that have been built in our lives. We better honor the borders again, brethren. Preachers, we better honor it. Saints, we better honor it. All of us better honor the standards of the church of the living God. Hallelujah. Let's stand together today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I didn't come with a spleen of bitterness and anger and getting even because, you know, I don't, I don't have any interest in a lot of that stuff. So it's easy for me to preach about it. But I'm not just preaching because I don't like camera phones and I don't like iPods and I don't like all that. I'm not, I'm not preaching just for that. I'm going to tell you some of this goofiness that's on the internet. I've never been on an apostolic forum in my life. Bless your heart, I ain't planning on getting on one. All that gossip about preachers and saints and that lying and not signing your name to nothing. I have never given credence to an unsigned letter. And I've got a drawer full of them things. But I wouldn't build nothing on that kind of report. And then we damn and doom people with some stupid internet message. Criticizing the ministry. Criticizing your pastor. Criticizing... What happened at the business meeting? Everything's public. Everybody is just. Maybe I'm too whatever I'm too. But you know, it's 69. I don't have any time to play. I really never have had. But I sure don't now. I just don't have any time for bitterness. Now, not that I don't fight, not that I don't have attacks, but I just can't afford that right now. 
I never could. And let me tell you, brothers, every one of you, every one of you, it may be through your kids. It may be through a lot of things. But every one of you is going to have a chance to get better. Every one of you is going to have a chance to feel like you've been done wrong. You can blame it on the government. You can blame it on your neighbor. You can blame it on the organization. You can blame it on no organization. You can just blame. Do you have a case? Yes, you do. Have you been done wrong? Yes, you have. Are you hurt? Sure. Are you wounded? Absolutely. Could you win if you had a trial? Yeah, you could win. Because you're right and they're wrong. No question. And I say that all sincerely. But the deal is, we can't afford the bitterness. We can't afford the bitterness. Would you make up your mind today? It don't matter what anybody else does. Would you, would you, would you put up some walls in your life and say, you know, I'm going to love you and we're going to be friends, but I'm not going to go down that road. Do you have some personal convictions today? I'm appealing to your highest inner sense this afternoon and I'm hungry and you are too. I'm appealing to the deepest sense of integrity in every man in this building today. Would you just somehow shut yourself in with God in a good season of prayer and fasting? You know, we've had many fast sessions in Gina and I've told people, don't listen to the radio don't read the newspaper. Absolutely don't watch television. Shut out everything that's even legitimate and shut yourself in with God. And when you shut yourself in with God and you hear from God, you build a wall. But don't ever dig at it. Don't ever move it. You've heard me preach. You've heard me tell this story, and I close. James Simonson, he's been dead many years, attended his funeral. He was, uh, he pastored the Bible church in Indianapolis probably 30 years, 40 years. He eventually became the district superintendent of the Indiana district. I was a member of that district at that time. I know of no finer Christian than James Simonson. <clears throat> and he stopped by my house one day. He was the superintendent. And he stopped by and we uh, went riding around. We drove up to the church. We had built a new church, had several acres of land. And out on sort of the off side of the property, we had a place we played horseshoes and we played volleyball and played baseball a little bit. Real high-tech stuff. Women, kids, pastor, just having fellowship. But we 
Brother Simonson and I drove up to the church that day for some reason. I, I didn't go up. I didn't know anybody was there. <clears throat> there was a couple of guys out there playing horseshoes. And uh, so we drove over to where they was at and got out. And uh, the men couldn't hear me. And I told Brother Simonson, I said, Brother Simonson, let's me and you play horseshoes, these guys. He said, no, Brother Coon. He said, I don't think I want to play. And uh, I said, man, come on, let's play. And uh, he said, no. He said, you go ahead and play with your men. He said, I'll wait for you. I don't mind. And uh, I kept on. I kept on. And I said, oh, come on, Brother Simonson. Let's play. Me and you, we'll beat these guys. <clears throat> we'll have a little fun. He said, no, Brother Coon, I don't want to play. And uh, old Brother Simonson, when he got upset, he had a shoulder that jerked. Do like that. If you ever saw him jerk his shoulder, you better run for cover. I'm telling you, he'd do that. And uh, I just kept pressing him. I said, oh, Bishop, my, my, let's play horseshoes. He said, no, Brother Cooney, his shoulder jerked a little, not much. He said, no, I don't want to play. And I said, now, Bishop, don't be a stick in the mud. My God, I said, let's play one game of horseshoes. Boy, his shoulder jerked. He looked at me. He always called me Coon. He said, Coon, he said, just shut up about me playing horseshoes. He said, I'm not playing horseshoes with you nor nobody else. He said, there ain't nothing wrong with it. And you play all you want to play. But he said, when I got the Holy Ghost, they preached against it. And he said, I love to play horseshoes. And he said, I've never played a game since, and I'm not playing now. And he said, you play all you want to, but you leave me alone. And he said it just like that, only a little tougher. <clears throat> and just me and him standing out there. And I stood there, and tears come to my eyes. And I said, Bishop, would you forgive me? I said, I'm sorry. I said, I've got a lot more respect for you right now than I had five minutes ago. And I said, I didn't know that. And you forgive me. And I said, Brother Simonson, whatever you do, don't you give that up for me or anybody else. Oh, his shoulder jerk. He said, don't you worry, Coon. He said, I ain't giving it up for you to nobody else. And that's the way he died. Do you have some things today that are precious? He said, we're not going down that road. I'm not doing that. It's goofiness to you. It's ridiculousness to you. But it's precious to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Alviar, I didn't know you could sing so good. Would you come up here and sing that chorus again? I don't mean to impose on you. You're talking about a gentleman and a preacher. This is him right here. And I say that to his back all the time. Brother Alviar, sing to us. God bless you, brother, and I love you. Stay away from the wall. Stay away from the hedge. 
I love you in Jesus' name. Just to walk with Him means everything to me. And just to know He's there and His hand is Everything.